Yeah, right. Three. Oh. <laughs> oh, yeah, crack a cold one. Welcome to the world's greatest-ish podcast. Welcome to Backstage Heat. So this is going to be our uh, Money in the Bank 2020 sort of review recap podcast. Uh, overall, what did you think of the show, Brandon? Honestly, I was very impressed with uh, with not having fans. I'd say it was a very, very good pay-per-view. How about you, Hunter? I, I liked it a lot. I liked that it was short. It was very surprising how short it was, but I heard something... Um, that apparently Vince, because there's no fans, just said, like, get it done quickly. And I was like, it's like the first good decision I've seen him make in a, in a while. <laughs> oh, I, I'd, I'd probably say so. That, that was a good one to keep quick. I mean, there really was, what, only six matches? Um, There was six advertised, and then there was oh, a yeah. seventh, sort of. Oh, yeah. So, like, oh, it was yeah. it was really six, and we'll get into that, but All right. sort of seven. Very true, very true. All right. Well, let's step right into uh, what what match are we looking at first? Uh, let's just get it out of the way. It'll be the fastest. So, oh, I guess, do you want to go to the pre-show? Because I guess if the pre-show counts, there was, oh. there was eight. Oh, well, you know, our um, pre-show is better than their pre-show, <laughs> so, you know. Jeff Hardy and Cesaro in Jeff Hardy's return match on the pre-show was really good. They gave oh, him like 15 minutes to just just go, and I mean Cesaro's incredible, Jeff Hardy's incredible. The Swiss Superman. Yeah, it, it. I love Cesaro, and am sad that he just has this current role of like putting on good matches but losing. I really hope he's next in line for being uh, Intercontinental Champion, since all of a sudden there is not one. He's not even in the tournament. Well, slap me in the face, because that is some straight horseshittery. Yeah, at the time of recording, I've seen SmackDown from last night. Brandon's not, so. I'm behind. I'm um, behind, folks. But, yeah, so that was really good. I liked the way um, Sheamus was just, like, hating on Jeff Hardy's gear. He was, like, trying to wipe off the, the makeup, and then he, like, unzipped his, like, shirt at one point. <laughs> oh, man. It was really weird, but it was really funny. Um, it was a good, hard-hitting match. Jeff had to win. It wasn't really surprising that Jeff won. Nah. Um, it was a little surprising that there wasn't any Sheamus stuff after the match or during it or whatever, but I guess that'll be for later. You'd hope so, at least. I mean, I'm still waiting on the bar to come back one of these days. Um, so then, once we got into the main show, um, the first match was the SmackDown Tag Team Championship four-way. New Day versus Forgotten Sons versus Miz and Morrison versus Lucha House Party. Well, I, I still only recognize three of those teams. I... Yeah, it's it's really weird to have the Forgotten Sons uh, like come to SmackDown, go into this match, and not win. Like, I agree with them not winning, but it yeah. is really weird that they're immediately just, like, part of the random SmackDown tag teams now. They're not, like, anything special. <laughs> that's that's very true. Like, well, why even bring them to SmackDown, then? That's a good point. I guess they really just wanted another tag team, you 
Yeah, I mean, I guess maybe with the Usos out, um, they just needed enough. They just decided they wanted to do four teams, and Otis was in Money in the Bank already. So that's true. I could I could have seen them winning if Otis was in that one, but uh, I they probably would have. It's it's due time for Heavy Machinery to get a tag team championship. But I think we both thought this would be a pretty good match, and it and it was. Oh yeah. I mean, when you when you got the New Day and multiple other tag teams, they bring out the strengths in everybody. Yeah, the Lucha House Party really surprised me in this one. They were doing a lot of cool stuff. Um, It looked a little less botchy than when they were in the chamber. Yeah, that's for sure. Which is nice. Um, I can never complain about seeing Morrison wrestle. Uh, He's so good. Ever since he's come, ever since he's come back, he's been incredible they literally are just like well let's just pick this shit right up where we left off he, he just won't even mind he moves so like fluidly like a man who's much younger than he is <laughs> <laughs> it's incredible that's the prince of parkour you're talking about bud yeah i think i didn't write down the ending of the match i think it was a big ending by biggie i think you're correct yeah on but all we on, know is on one of the Lucha House party, if I remember right. Yes, I think so. So at least they didn't have Forgotten Sons or Miz and Morrison take the pin, which is the correct decision. Yeah, I'd say so. Makes it a little more credible. I'd and say. I th- and I think New Day winning is also fine. Like I think it's right. <laughs> yeah, I mean they've been winning for like the last five six years. Just makes sense. Keep it yeah. up. Well, and they and they just got the titles. That's true. Um, Usually so, they let them have at least a couple months or so. Yeah, they'll probably like have them. They'll have them lose eventually, but they need some tag team to kind of come up and. Because I don't think Miz and Morrison are going to win the titles ever again. They're gonna. I feel like they're gonna end up splitting and having a feud pretty soon. They're just so good together. They just bounce off each other so well. I I hate to see them not together. Yeah, but I I, I agree. I think. But I think the feud would be incredible as no, well. Like, I think their promos cool. against each other would also be pretty and fucking I think, cool. I think Morrison has a title run in his future. At least, like, an title. IC title run. Oh, yeah. Like, Especially now that the belt's all black and, and sweet looking. That's all over. He's all over that. Oh, man. I wish they'd bring back the white the white strap. <laughs> um, oh, man. So, in our predictions, I had New Day. And you had Miz and Morrison. Yes, I did. So that's one point for me. <laughs> we chalked that up as a dub for you and my um, first L. But yeah, I do, I do think both our picks were fine. I don't think we went. I don't think we went crazy in any of our picks, honestly. <laughs> no, we we definitely took the safe picks, but there was definitely a lot of unpredictability at this. point. Yeah, there were just some twists that were unexpected, but I think pretty much all of them worked. Oh, so, yeah. I think um, so. so I'm trying to remember the next match was the Bailey Tamina, I believe. I think so. Yeah. Yep. So yeah, next match was SmackDown Women's Championship: Bailey versus Tamina. They it gave was... Tamina a lot of offense. Yeah, really. I I thought it'd be maybe a couple super kicks or something real minimum like that. But I thought she was gonna win bad. for. 
a decent chunk of it. I I was getting nervous there for a second. I was like, are we really about to have Tamina's champ? Like, uh, I sure as hell hope not. And then the finish came with Tamina hitting Bailey with a Simone drop. Going to cover. Sasha getting in the ring. Not actually breaking up the cover, just getting in the ring. And Tamina gets out of the ring, chases Sasha around, gets back in the ring, gets hit by Bailey, roll up, one, two, three. Bailey retains. <laughs> Just when you think they're going to let Tamina look strong, they get her with the roll up. Yeah. Um, so I, it was it was actually a pretty good match. It wasn't, it wasn't, I wasn't bored no, was... any way through it. Like, I, I think they did a good job of, Making Bailey seem a little scared of Tamina and oh, like yeah. Tamina look like a powerhouse, which is cool to see. Oh, yeah. They definitely made Tamina look a lot better than I thought they would have. Yeah, I wonder if, I mean, having watched SmackDown, Tamina wasn't on the show, so I don't know if it's just done with Tamina now. Like she, she just had a couple Maybe. weeks and that's it. That was her last run, no more Tamina. Because theoretically, how it should happen with Tamina as the babyface in this feud <laughs> is there should now be a steel cage match: Bailey versus Tamina. <laughs> <laughs> Let's book it. That's how it should happen. It probably won't because they're probably not going to put the belt on Tamina. <laughs> oh no! I oh man, they would have some enraged people. But I but, guess this would be the time to do it when the people don't really have much of a voice. Yeah. Um. But yeah, this was. I thought. It was surprising how much offense Tamina get, got in. Um, I like Tamina and uh, Sasha's interactions with like Michael Cole and Corey Graves that they always do. <laughs> oh yeah. Because at I one point it. Bailey like walked over to the announcers, said, "Hey, I need some water." <laughs> oh yeah. Got some water and then just threw it in Tamina's face. <laughs> oh. That's just classic heel work. I like how after the match, too, she like walked by and was like, hey, thanks for the water. <laughs> yeah, I've really, I've really started to like this heel Bailey character more and more. I think she's gotten, oh, yeah. I think she's gotten used to, to being a heel. I think I just, it felt way too forced at the beginning, so I wasn't exactly a fan. But yeah, now I think she's really coming into it. Yeah, I think she's, she's finding ways to like, be funny as this heel oh, yeah. character oh yeah Big which is dive. good i still don't love it <laughs> <laughs> no i still I think still, i still don't want the championship on her and i still don't love what's probably going to end up happening of the heel bailey versus face sasha feud that's probably going to end up happening yeah like very to cool. me that seems like the roles are reversed of what they probably should be because yeah, both they, people it, are more naturally the other way. That's true. Well, it's like, when the hell is Sasha Banks going to get another title run? That's more than, like, I don't know, 24 hours or 48 hours. Because it's been a long time since she's had an actual lengthy run. Yeah, I mean, I'd imagine she ends up being the one that takes the belt off of Bailey, and then she reigns for a while. I mean, I don't... There's not really anyone else on SmackDown that can win it. <laughs> right now no, no. like because they just they just ruined naomi who everyone was excited <laughs> for when she came back yeah basically but they, she lost to dana brooke 
to get into Money in the Bank. Just another slap to the face. Like, right and Dana Brooke just looked like an idiot in the Money in the Bank match, which we'll get into. <laughs> That's very true. But I mean, what else? What else do you expect from Dana Brooke? Yeah. Um. Yeah, I think the, the the and they continued to do the slow build towards Bailey Sasha in this Tamina match, which is good. They're taking their time on doing this. It's because they almost rushed it before and it almost didn't work, so they had to really play their cards right on this one. Yeah, I think Sasha's been great during this slow build. I just like every now and again in interviews, she'll just like stare at the title. <laughs> that's see, that's smart. That's some good foreshadowing. Like, and so I think she's been really good by doing stuff like that, where it's just like it's oh, just yeah. these tiny little things. That she's been doing that really like, eventually she's gonna get sick of Bailey's shit. Is oh, basically yeah. the storyline that they're telling. I'm sick of Bailey's shit. I'm yeah. for Sasha. But like, cause Sasha threw Tamina at, or Bailey threw Tamina at Sasha first, and just kind of like threw Sasha into that match when Sasha didn't want to do that. She didn't want to be in that match. That's true. That is very true. And it's all like the little stuff like that where. The last couple times Bailey's retained, it's been because of Sasha. Which is which is why I'm wondering if Sasha gets the championship, if she's gonna be able to hold it for a long time. Because usually with heels, you know, you got a little heater on the outside that's helping you win those matches. I mean, theoretically, if she wins it, she'll win it as a face, though. I hope so. I hope so. Um, we both had Bailey in yes. this match um i think that one was that one was obvious i don't that was that was pretty obvious if you're at least a somewhat decent wrestler yeah that was that was probably the second easiest match to predict on the show um oh yeah i'd say so oh maybe before this match they actually to, to go on to the next one they they probably actually had mvp versus r-truth before this thinking back oh, on it yeah Oh yeah. Um. So they had MVP and R Truth come out. R Truth was incredible. He was Truth like, "Truth is always incredible." Yeah. He Let's was like real. teaching, teaching MVP how to ball. <laughs> <laughs> he like he 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 just went like balling, and then he was like, "Okay, that's two points." And then he stepped back, balling. <laughs> okay, that's three points. <laughs> the man's got his shots on points. Um, and then Lashley's music hit out of nowhere. I was like, um, I don't understand why this is happening. Uh, Lashley told MVP he could take the day off. MVP's what, like, all right, cool. What a nice fella. What a nice fella. Uh, R-Truth asked if he could have the day off, too. <laughs> that wasn't happening. <laughs> what um, an asshole. Lashley just pretty quickly beat R-Truth. Not too much in the in-ring to talk about here. <laughs> nah. Nah, quick little um, squat. And that was that. Uh, I like this whole MVP Lashley thing they're doing. I think MVP uh, would be a great mouthpiece for Lashley. Oh, yeah, 100%. Well, look at how good he was when he had Leo Rush. All yeah. he needs is the one good mouthpiece, and he's freaking prime. Yeah. You just need him not talking. And it it's better than fun. Lana. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I haven't seen Lana in a while. I must be a rocky relationship going on there um and then i guess we can just go to the other r-truth thing there's an r-truth later in the night after a couple matches 
was interviewed by Charlie Caruso and said that he beat MVP and that MVP has lost a lot of weight, (laughs) (laughs) which is pretty funny. Um, And then he said he he didn't have anyone to celebrate his win with, though, despite losing the match. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, In classic R-Truth fashion. And he had a picture of him with the 24-7 championship. And then he said he he wanted his 24-7-7-11 I-96 South championship back. (laughs) And that he was going to go sack Tom Brady. Yep. You got to get through Tom Brady to get to the championship. (laughs) that's how it goes um it was it was really funny i popped really hard when he said tom brady oh yeah (laughs) um then as the segment ended charlie said he meant rob gronkowski explaining the joke because we're too dumb to understand it (laughs) that was that we don't know what's happening with florida football that really that really took away from the segment i think she didn't need to do that (laughs) no No. I mean, she was told to do it, so I can't blame her, but. Oh, Um, yeah. Gronkowski's the champ. Remember, don't forget. That's where the belt's at right now. Yeah. But I do think, I am glad that they're sticking with the 24-7 title. I thought since we hadn't heard of it since WrestleMania that it might be just gone. Gronk's (laughs) probably just been partying on yachts with it, just taking shots off of it, you know. Doing it big, Gronkowski style. Well, I was just worried that since Gronk went back to the NFL, they were just like, all right, who needs this title? It's stupid anyway. Just, like, get rid of it. <laughs> it could bring that shit on the sidelines. That would be legendary. Oh, if our truth like, ran into the end zone after, like, a touchdown <laughs> to get it, that would be incredible. I don't think it would ever happen, but... I know there'd probably be some fines for, uh, you know... Having a not player on the field. Well, it, w- it would be a thing that, like, WWE and the NFL would have to, like, work out. But Yeah. Oh, yeah. It would, I don't know. That might have to be, like, after a game. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. Maybe after a game and they can just, like, splice the footage in to make it look like it's during a game. There you go. I think after a game, he's running to the tunnel. Hey, Tom! Boom, comes back, <laughs> rolls him up right quick. That'd be fantastic. Especially if, if it was after a loss. <laughs> um, so then the next match was the Universal Championship match. Bray Wyatt versus Braun Strowman. Thought it had a lot of potential. I thought, thought it was it really good. I thought it was probably Bray's best match since the Fiend gimmick. I mean, I feel like we really have not seen... Just Bray Wyatt wrestle all that often. He's only really had a couple matches. Yeah, he's pretty much only done pay-per-views. Which I like, because that means the gimmick will not get stale for a very, very, very long time. Well, and and the gimmick and, like, the promos are better than Bray's in-ring work. So having him go a bunch of times in the ring isn't going to help. No, not at all. It's... He's very promo heavy gimmick but with him being the talker that he is it just works absolutely perfect but i love i mean you know this i love bray wyatt i love the fiend like one of my favorite (laughs) characters right now i love watching this mr rogers bray wyatt in the in the match it's the storytelling he had in this match was incredible what i was thinking the whole match was like 
how does this man wrestle in an actual sweater? Oh like, yeah, me and my roommate shit. were so confused at how he was because that sweater looked thick. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. I'm like, he must be dying. Yeah, but I guess he does also wrestle with a mask on that does not have any airflow whatsoever. So, but um, because there was a lot of parts where Bray would like do something to Braun and then be like. Oh my god, I'm so sorry. Like, I didn't want to hurt you. <laughs> Which, like, to me, really sold, like, the buildup of this match really well. Oh, yeah. I um, think so. I didn't love the the ending. <laughs> like, that was, that was the wonky part. Because what happened is Bray put on the old Wyatt black sheep mask. Mm-hmm. The and old junkie mask. I feel like. The idea on paper was good. The execution was just the bad part. Because it just went on for so long after he put on the mask, but before he very obviously turned on Bray and pinned him. Oh, yeah. I mean, so, as soon as they did, like, the whole arm thing, I was like, mm, this is, this is kind of obvious what's about to happen. Yeah, so Wyatt puts, or Strowman puts on the mask... They get it, he gets back in the ring because he gets the mask from the outside. They like do the weird arm thing, then they hug, and then they separate. Braun like pushes him back. Braun takes off the mask, steps on it, picks him up, power slam. I feel like they could have done the arm thing, they could have hugged, picks him up, power slam. That's what I was hoping was going to happen. Like, it would have been a lot quicker. I guess, I think what they wanted to happen was he power slams him onto the mask. But that, he, like, kicked the mask out of the way as he went for the power slam. Yeah, I was like, oh, that, that sucks. Because um, when he stomped on it, it doesn't look all that great because it's a plastic mask. So and nothing the plastic really mask happens. that was already cracked. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> They should have got a different material just this one time. So it could have broke. Um, yeah, it was it was weird. It was a good match. And I think um, there was a little clip at the end after Braun left of Bray just kind of looking towards Braun as he's, like, walking up the ramp and just, like, having this little, like, mad look on his face. And then you hear the they, like, piped in the Fiend laughing. So they set up for a Fiend versus Strowman match. So Fiend's probably going to win that one, presumably at Backlash. That's, yeah, that'd make a lot of sense. I'd, I'd want the Fiend to be able to beat him, but Bray shouldn't be able to beat him. And that, and I, that I think, saved the booking of this one. Because I think they, they kind of booked themselves into the corner with two people that can't really afford to lose, but I think they... True. I think they strategically used Bray and not the Fiend because then... If Bray loses, but the Fiend wins, both people don't look that bad. Exactly. Well, technically, didn't the Fiend beat John Cena? I mean, yeah, I guess if that is, <laughs> I guess I assume that counts as a victory. I mean, he I, did, I, I think he did pin him. Yeah, I'm pretty sure that's how that works. Um. Yeah. So that was. So I think that little bit at the end from Bray and the laugh and like the camera work really saved the the ending of this match a little bit. 
Yeah. Like, I still think the overall ending, like, Braun getting in the head of Bray instead of Bray getting in in the head of Braun, which I do like. I think that's cool. That, like, this person that was super close to Bray knows how he works and can actually, like, (laughs) get around the mind games. Exactly. It, Um, It couldn't have been anybody else. I just think it could have been a little bit more fluid and a little bit faster. Yes, that's true. Especially with those two who have that kind of ability in the ring. Well, yeah, and and like we said, it was super easy. Just instead of hug, let go, push away, drop mask, stomp on it, power slam, hug, power slam, pin, take off mask, stomp. Yeah, you (laughs) could have had the mask on the whole time. Yeah. That would have made it so much better. Like, that would have been fine, and it would have been much better. And it's not too hard. Like, it's not it's not a difficult change. No, not um, whatsoever. And, I mean, he got Bray up with ease. Oh, yeah, so he can pick he Bray up easy. He could have done it out of a hug easily. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, Braun being able to pick Bray up is not a concern. Braun's a big guy, but... Or, Bray's a big guy, but Braun's pretty strong <laughs> Braun can deadlift a thousand pounds yeah so right there that should tell you all you need to know um so we both had bray in this match which i think we thought that bray can't afford to lose was basically our thinking um but like i said i think that little bit at the end kind of solved the issues we were seeing before the match and then they just and they just let this feud go one more month, go to backlash, fiend will win. Yeah. And then Yep. I don't know. And that that way along the way you just have Braun defend his championship maybe once on uh SmackDown and then you just have him have matches consistently, so it feels like he was champ a little bit longer than that. Yeah, they probably should have him defend it on SmackDown once, or at least have a, like, a main event match on SmackDown, even if he's not defending the title. Because that's the thing I think they're doing really well on Raw is, like, Drew McIntyre is almost always the main event of Raw now. Oh, God, yeah. Like, (laughs) even if he's just having endless matches with Andrade, it's it's happening. (laughs) And it's making him feel like a big deal. Oh, because he just fucking annihilates everybody. Yeah, it's... Every week. So, I guess speaking of Drew, um, the next match was the WWE Championship match. Drew McIntyre versus the Monday Night Messiah, Seth Rollins. Fit with new music. Which I was very shocked with. I was like, what? Yeah, the whole burn it down and then his old music didn't really fit with the Monday Night Messiah character. But this music wasn't great. No. It just sounded like Bailey's music. Oh God! That <laughs> Bailey's music sounds like the most generic song yeah. ever made. Yeah. Um. I did. I did like that there was new music. I it did fit the Monday Night Messiah character better. Yeah. Um. That's true. And boy, this was a great match. Holy shit! I think everyone knew it was gonna be phenomenal, no matter what. But like, it fucking. But they really. They sure. really. They really gave it. <laughs> they went really yeah. hard, and it was really good. I like. I really like Drew's new thing of like taking an opponent's like signature finisher move and then just like kick out at one. 
Oh yeah, that's that's the like, ultimate. Just like you're a bitch. Just like that's his form of like hulking up, and I really like it. Yep, yep. That's way better than hulking up, if you ask me. <laughs> oh man, I love. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, I, I, I really, yeah. This this match had a lot. Um, too many spots for me to even remember, really. Um, oh yeah, it was just. But. It was. It wasn't too long, which was nice. Like it had a good length, but it wasn't like overly long. There was like the perfect amount of false finishes. And I really liked the ending of the uh, Seth Rollins goes for the stomp. Drew gets up. Glasgow. Glasgow kiss. Seth bounces off the ropes. Super kick. Drew bounces off the ropes. Claymore. Done. <laughs> What a freaking combination right there. And it was just a just just a great little sequence of of moves to just end it. And and they told the story really well of just like if Drew hits the claymore it's done. Like Oh yeah. As as it should be. I mean, the man a man of his size doing a running kick. Yeah. Like running drop kick basically. That should take anybody out. Now, I guess besides WrestleMania cuz it's Brock where he took multiple claymores. Um, I really like the way they're sort of pseudo protecting the claymore as like, if you get hit by with it, if you get hit with it, the match is done. Yeah. Cause that's something I really like in wrestling is like finishers to be the finish. Yeah. Seriously. Which I think has gone away in the modern era a little bit. Oh yeah. I mean, and at most pay-per-views it's like, oh, well you can just so happen to take two finishers and kick out of one of them instead yeah and then the other guy gets their finisher in too so which is part of the reason why i like watching kenny omega matches because if he hits the one legged angel you know it's done you just know it's done he'll miss it like 15 times in a match so then it's like holy shit he finally got it and to me him like stuff like that where they miss their finisher because they can't get it but then when they do the match is just over it makes the the finisher mean a lot more than if they hit it and people kick out yeah that's very true like that was the one thing about nxt the portland that i didn't really love and the nxt takeover match style in general is that it's a lot of finishers and kicking out oh god yeah so many false finishes and all those takeover main events and just a lot of the matches yeah, I think that's the biggest problem with it right now is that, like, it's every match. There's a lot of false finishes, not just the main event. Yeah, that's true. Every um, single Johnny Gargano match has at least 25 false finishes. At least. Yeah. Um, But this isn't about NXT, I guess, so <laughs> we'll save that for the In Your House preview. Oh, can't wait. Can't yeah, wait. Yeah, that's, that's really exciting news. Um, In case you haven't seen that, they... uh. We're bringing back the In Your House brand for NXT TakeOver in a couple, in like a few weeks. Which is fire. Straight fire. So yeah, that's exciting. Um, So yeah, this, we both had Drew. I think, I think this one was the most obvious one on the card. Other than Bailey, I'd say. I I think this was probably more obvious than Bailey. (laughs) Well, yeah. I think there was zero chance that drew is gonna lose because they just put all this energy into making him champion just have him lose yeah. on the first pay-per-view would be really disappointing yeah and he's he's working super well as champion so yeah like oh he's 
jeopardize. He's incredible. His little his little like jokes he has to the camera or to Charlie Caruso or something. You're always oh yeah, always feel supernatural and fun and actually funny. He's got to stop counting that claymore. People know when that shit's coming. Come on, Drew. Yeah, but he's like the only one that does anything like that and actually works. Because like Kofi will do like the new day rocks never hits oh, yeah. never hits it. <laughs> True. <laughs> um. I feel like Dolph will do like the Shawn Michaels tuning up the band and never oh, hits yeah. it. <laughs> um, nope. uh, Shinsuke will do just like, come on, <laughs> never hits it. <laughs> come on. I love, I love it. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, so he's like the only one right now that actually does something before his finisher that he, and then he actually hits it, which is. A nice little change of pace because you just get used to like, oh, Kofi's clapping. No way this Trouble in Paradise is landing. <laughs> Not a chance in hell he will hit this. Yeah. <laughs> um, There was a little bit after the match which was a little confusing and even Raw didn't really do anything to make it less confusing. McIntyre offers Seth Rollins a handshake and... Oh. Seth looks at it for a while and then shakes his hand, but it's not a face turn at least not right now no i don't know if they're like just trying to establish drew as like oh he's he's that respectable champion yeah like he's so respectable that even the heels will yeah will show him respect i mean yeah i guess that is where they could be going with it and that's not bad it was just a little weird being like oh seth actually like shook his hands didn't kick him in the balls or anything (laughs) Them giving you a low blow up action. Um, but yeah, that was it. Was it was weird, but it wasn't too. It wasn't. It didn't really ruin anything for me. Yeah, I think. I think it. It worked out well for how McIntyre is. So I'd call it a good ending. So then, then we got to the craziness. Yeah. That was Money in the Bank 2020. <laughs> oh hell yeah, Money in the Bank brother so they go to wwe corporate headquarters and i was a fan of in the lobby they i I don't remember who was first i think it was lacy that that sounds about right and it was at this moment that her lacy's music started playing she had on her like regular entrance gear yep and it was at this moment and so her, her music was playing and she's like doing a little entrance in the lobby. And this is when I knew this is going to be wild. <laughs> Cuz they were right. they gave everyone an an entrance. The yep. the women were on um, in the lobby and the men were in the gym. Which is great decisions i feel like which and i believe i think Meltzer said that the the gym is definitely not on the first floor oh no that's no (laughs) surprise whatsoever so didn't even start on the first floor like they said they did but that doesn't really matter obviously (laughs) we don't the normal person doesn't know the layout of the headquarters um there are some great entrances here that i really liked um I like Dana Brooke doing a little flip thing in the lobby. Like that was, that was funny to me. Just because if she didn't land it, it could have hurt a lot. <laughs> could have slipped on that freaking slippery ass. Yeah, like or linoleum or whatever it is. Out just there. land on like the tile or whatever. Um, 
Otis came in and was incredible. Oh, oh yeah. My favorite he's um, got my favorite quote from the whole pay-per-view. And I think it was uh, who was it? It might have been when AJ came in, just said the greatest words ever. Sets and reps, boys. <laughs> yeah, that was <laughs> great. Um Daniel Bryan came in last for the men and he was just like, Hey boys, we're trying to fight boys. <laughs> And it was like it was just like oh when the crew gets together <laughs> when the boys yeah when all the, end up at the same uh, headquarters when the boys are when the boys are back together that's after quarantine that's what it's gonna look like it's gonna look like Daniel Bryan walking into Money in the Bank. Man, I just love that anytime someone walked in, everyone would just talk trash to each other, <laughs> which is which yeah, is why the and then, the men's entrances were a little bit better because the women really didn't say anything they just kind of did their normal stuff yeah there was weird moments in the women's too where like dana brooke and carmella like would walk past each other and like throw massive shade when like i thought they were a tag team like (laughs) oh you thought like two weeks ago they had like a tag team title shot or something (laughs) like so that was was really weird to me um they had so they had all the men were like at the start of the match before it began we're in like a circle around each other like circling around each other all the women were just in a line <laughs> <laughs> like you know traditionally you start the fight in a line side by side with your opponents yep, exactly no um, one gets an advantage so yeah everyone showed up except for oscar no one knew where oscar was her music was playing she wasn't there where could she be? They all look up, camera pans up. She's on this little ledge above them. And she just jumps onto all of them as the match starts. Oh, she did a little dance first. Oh yeah, she, she did, did she did do her, she did do her dance, which is always great to see. <laughs> um and then she so she jumps onto all of them, runs over, calls the elevator, starts dancing, <laughs> gets in the elevator, dances more while in the elevator. Exactly um, what you'd expect. Meanwhile, the men are just killing each other in the gym. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, just fantastic. Uh, Corbin, I think he tries to throw, like, a plate at Brian, maybe. I think so. Um, And Brian, thankfully, ducks or he would have died. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And Corbin just smashes this giant, like, wall-sized mirror. Oh, yeah. And, That's what you like to see. And has the most frightened look on his face of all time. It was incredible. <laughs> Almost committed murder. Um, They're trying to, like, beat each other up just with the gym equipment. And it was at this oh, moment yeah. that I'm like, ooh, a gym would probably be, like, the, one of the most dangerous places to fight. <laughs> oh, hell yeah. With all that steel in there. It's just, just... things that could kill you everywhere. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um, At one point... I forget why. I think Otis might have knocked him down, but AJ's like under a squat rack with a bar that has a ton of weight on it. For yeah, some the reason. bar has like five plates aside on it or something, and Otis just walks up to it, picks with it up ease. like it's with nothing, ease. just goes like, "Oh yeah," <laughs> and then just like drops it on AJ's chest. So AJ's trapped there, <laughs> and then Otis leaves. Ray comes, Ray Mysterio comes over, and AJ's like, "Yo, Ray, help me out!" And Ray just goes, "That's loco," and leaves. <laughs> oh, that was one of my one of my more favorite spots of the match for sure. 
Um, so people start going up the stairs. Um, there's a random cameo from Brother Love that wasn't very good. <laughs> Which was random. Just like, oh, love you, Ray. Uh, at one point, AJ now somehow got out of the weights. Must have mustered the strength to do that. Right? He must have got sweaty enough. He just slipped right under. Um, and now he no longer cares about money in the bank. He's just trying to kill Ray Mysterio is his only goal right now. <laughs> Which, you know, eventually in the match was a success. And then he gets scared by an Undertaker poster. Which is like, alright, that's, uh, I get why they did that, just to beat something He opens a room, and apparently there's a room in WWE headquarters that is just the Undertaker room. Where it's just, there's just smoke and a coffin. (laughs) And then Aleister Black just shoves him in and closes the door. (laughs) (laughs) What a dick! What a dick move. Alistair's the man. Um, at one point, a Carmella Money in the Bank poster gets smashed over Dana Brooks' head, and she's just well, threw it. Wasn't it by Carmella? Yeah, it was by Carmella. Smashed her own picture on her head. Yeah. Um, the women are fighting in this like boardroom, like this conference room, and there's a briefcase, a clear briefcase with a bunch of money in it. Stacks. Stacks on stacks. Dana Brooke grabs the the briefcase, and then Stephanie McMahon, in only in the only the way she can, buries everyone in the match. <laughs> <laughs> that's very true. Calls Dana an idiot. That's not the real money in the bank briefcase. Even though it's a briefcase with a bunch of money, Dana should have just took that and ran. <laughs> true. That's what I was thinking. I'm like, you did win. You got all the cash. Yeah, exactly. Um, Steph then says. That Dana needs to clean up Nia's drool that's on the floor. Just like, can you bury your own talent more? <laughs> yeah, seriously. Come on. And I think it was super obvious that uh, Stephanie was in like a whole nother world. Was in like her house. <laughs> <laughs> it's just against the white wall. Yeah. Um, there was a great part I liked that I skipped past earlier. Um, so the men get up to like the second or third floor. And Corb, I think it's Corbin, is like tied up in this little mini ring they have by the elevators. Oh, yep. And Daniel Bryan's doing the yes kicks, and Otis is just right next to him going, yes, yes, yes. <laughs> <laughs> and that was incredible. And then and then Daniel Bryan started yes kicking Otis. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I was dying. Yeah, it was really you- funny. We predicted, we were like, oh, it'd be sweet if there was some spot where it was just two people teeing off on each other we're we're kind of accurate with our guests there yeah and then um so it was i think it was at that point that like the groups met up with each other for the first time and oscar's still like hiding in the elevator as the door opens oh yeah is that because this is, is like the when... slowest elevator of all time oh is that when they get to catering uh no but they do eventually make their way to catering um okay. All, so the groups, all all of them meet up again at catering. Dana Brooke still has the Carmella poster, like, around her shoulders. <laughs> she just didn't bother to take it off. <laughs> no, no, and it's just obnoxiously huge. And in catering is just Paul Heyman by himself with a <laughs> feast. <laughs> that was one of my more favorite cameos right there. And Otis can't contain himself. And just yells food fight 
and throws a bunch of food at Paul Heyman. <laughs> oh my god, just domes him with a full plate of food. And then the two groups start having a food fight against each other, like men against the women, not yep. against their actual opponents in the match. Uh, at one point, Shayna chokes out Rey Mysterio. <laughs> <laughs> that shit killed me. It's just everyone throwing food, and then they just turn to her, just like choking the shit out of him, and he's just freaking. Uh, oh, that was, was pretty crazy. funny. And then Naya and Otis just like square off for a second because Vince loves big people. <laughs> yes, he does, big time. And then eventually, uh, I think Carmella gets put through the table here. Yep. Yep, That's how she kind of gets taken out of the match. And Nia and Otis both together splash Ray after getting choked. Yeah. Um, and then they split up again. Otis is in the kitchen now. <laughs> and there's just pies He everywhere. just sees a bunch of pies. <laughs> and he just, t- he just starts talking about how much he loves pie, basically. I get it. It's some good and then shit. Otis, Otis John Laurinaitis rolls up on his little scooter thing and just starts saying people power. And then Otis just pies him in the face. Just, it was such a good throw, too. There was a good explosion on that pie hit. Oh, it was fantastic. So then I think um, Asuka runs past a dude mopping. Yep. Asks asks him where the roof is, like it's it's up, Oscar. <laughs> right, um, so the top, pretty sure. And then all of the women she runs by, all of the other women run by, except for Carmella, who's through the table. And then Dana Brooke comes late, and you know what's gonna happen here. <laughs> Dana Brooke runs past the thing that everyone else ran past fine. Falls, hits her head. She's out of the match now. Just like that. Just like so that. we're down to just Lacey Evans, Shayna, Nia Jax, and Asuka in the women's match at this point. Yep, that's true. Um, and then we cut to Daniel Bryan and AJ Styles are having a fight. And it goes into a room, and you don't think much of it at the time. And then you see this dinosaur skull on the wall. Mm-hmm. And it starts to sink in whose office we're fighting in now. And then you start hearing no chance in hell. Yep. And it's Just Vince, like that. And it's Vince McMahon at his desk. He yells at them to get out. They stop fighting. <laughs> and they stop fighting. Then he yells at them to get out. They start leaving. And AJ's like, no, no, no. We got to go back. They fix the chairs. <laughs> then they leave. Vince... Puts a bunch of hand sanitizer on his hands. Oh, yeah. Very thorough with the hand sanitizer. And then goes back to, like, writing in his legal pad. (laughs) And then Daniel Bryan and AJ just start calling each other cowards outside of Vince's office. (laughs) It was was pretty funny. It was a little... It was a little weird seeing Vince sort of make fun of the whole pandemic situation. Yeah. (laughs) What you gonna do? It It was a memorable spot. Yeah, and, and you knew they had to do something in Vince's office. Apparently, he wouldn't let them fight in there because he didn't want anyone to break the the dino skull. I get it. I get it. And, it like, a... that thing is probably worth a lot of money. Oh, hell yeah. 
I'm um, pretty sure they said it was a gift from Triple H. Actually. Yeah, it was a gift from Triple H. So I think yeah. at this point is when they reach the roof. They just like weirdly cut That's to the awesome. roof. It felt like they could have shown a little bit more of them like going up. It felt like they just were like, I don't know, maybe fifth or sixth floor and then roof. Yeah. And especially with Basically. how short the pay-per-view was, I think they could have had like 10 or 20 more minutes of them. Like, cause I wasn't, I wasn't sick of them fighting through the building at all. No, not at all. With with all the spots where I was just laughing my ass off at, that was I could have handled a lot more of that match. Um, so they get to the roof. Oscar gets there first, I think. Yes. And then Nia, Shayna, and Lacey are pretty quick afterwards, and then they start like having a normal ladder match, sort of. Yeah, yeah, basically. But it was really weird because it was still in the cinematic style, and I that really took it away from me. Like I didn't like yeah. the in-ring part kind of at all. I was hoping they'd just kind of cut back to how they usually film in-ring stuff. Yeah, that's what I was hoping for, too. It was, it was weird because they still had no commentary throughout the whole thing. So we yeah, still just had, like, the soundtrack. Which was weird. They were just playing music throughout the whole thing, and you could barely even tell because there was so much action. Um, so yeah, Asuka and uh, Shayna, Naya, and Lacey all like fight in a normal ladder match. Eventually, the ring's cleared. Asuka starts climbing. Baron Corbin shows up and starts climbing the other side of the ladder. Now, two briefcases. Could have just grabbed them. Didn't have to fight. Don't know why Asuka and Baron needed to fight at all. But they do right. start fighting. <laughs> <laughs> and it was at this moment that I was like just yelling for them to both grab it because then my predictions would have been right if they just both grabbed it. Yeah. Was, <laughs> which they easily could have. Which they easily could have, but honestly, it was better that Asuka fought off Baron and then just like kicked him in the head <laughs> and, and knocked him off the ladder. Asuka grabs the briefcase. She's Miss Money in the Bank. Which, you know. You predicted, and also makes the most sense. Especially after what happens on Raw, it makes the most sense. That's very true. I think because of what happened on Raw, they couldn't have given it to Shayna. So if you guys, for those who don't know, um, Becky's pregnant. Mm-hmm. Kind of big news. And on Raw, she revealed that inside the briefcase was not a contract for a championship opportunity, but rather was the Raw Women's Championship. So Asuka, by winning this match, is the Raw Women's Champion. Just uh, flat out. So I think because of that, they kind of had to pick Asuka. Yeah, I think so. I mean, Cause I think giving, if you would have gave it to Shayna... People would have been mad if they gave it to Nia, and if you give Shayna's first main roster championship, she just wins in this way, it wouldn't have felt right. Yeah. And like, she needs, she needs a win over someone. In, like, a regular 1v1 match. Yeah, exactly. Especially after she lost to Charlotte. Yeah, because I think what I read was um, the original plans were for Shayna to win and go on, like, a f- another feud with Becky. But obviously, with Becky being pregnant, she can't do that, so. No. And I'm an Asuka-Shayna feud would be incredible. Oh, I would be very okay with that. That'd be some hard-hitting freaking matches. The thing is, the 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 like whole Raw division that felt really stale because Becky had beat them all. 
Asuka hasn't beat them all. She can just run through them like Becky ran through like Becky ran through them, and it'll be great. That's very true. And I love Asuka, so I hope it happens. Yeah. Oh my God, she has been killing it with this no audience with just she's, dancing she's, all the time. She's the MVP of the no fan era easily. <laughs> oh right. Uh, I mean, I think uh, there's a there's a close tie between her and Otis if you had to ask. Yeah, me. Otis has been really good too. Um. So yeah, Asuka wins. Um. Which, as you said, was my prediction. You had Shayna, which, as shown by it reportedly being the original plans, were was a good pick. <laughs> yeah, in the end, was was a very good pick. It felt like it, at least. Yeah. Um. So, oh yeah, I forgot to mention that they Shayna didn't actually make it to the roof. I, I remember now. She got taken out by like two different finishers, or like. Asuka hit her with something. Lacey hit her with, like, the women's right. Oh, yeah. And then Nia, like, threw her into a wall. Oh, yeah. It was, like, a triple triple hit. Action. Yeah, they just, like, kind of teamed up and destroyed her. Triple damage. Which I think was a good way to get her out of the match. Like, she doesn't look weak by getting hit by three people. <laughs> no. Especially towards the end of the match where you yeah. should be gassed already. So, Corbin's out of it. Yeah. Because he got kicked in the head. <laughs> And then eventually all of the men make it up to the roof. And they're all six they're all six up there. (laughs) Which is like, okay. Um, and then at one point Corbin throws Ray off the roof. Just fucking right off the top with ease. And then five seconds later throws Alistair Black off the roof. With ease again. In the same way. Like doesn't even care. Mm -hmm. So and then there's these little like cartoony sounds after each one of them like hitting something. <laughs> so I wish I wish they would have done like a wily e. coyote type like <laughs> So and this is never addressed on the show. It's addressed on Raw, but not on the show. But so currently Ray Mysterio, Alistair Black dead. <laughs> Murdered from a ten Murdered ten by Baron Corbin. <laughs> um so the other four start fighting, Corbin, Brian, uh, AJ, and Otis. Otis tries to climb the ladder. It breaks. The, the leg breaks, just like on SmackDown. They loved the spot so much, they used it to, er, Friday and then Sunday. There you go. That's how you know it's a good spot. <laughs> um, I feel like they could have just not done it Friday, and it would have been funnier Sunday. <laughs> I'd say so. Um, and then, I don't remember how it happened, but Brian gets taken out. And Otis gets taken out, but he's in the ring, which ends up being important. Very. AJ climbs the ladder. Corbin climbs the ladder. They're fighting on top of it. But they stop fighting, and they just both grab the briefcase. (laughs) Which is how you know something's up at this point. Yeah. They both have the handle, too, not just like an edge or something. Yeah, they both have... The briefcase is now unhooked. It's not hanging anymore. They just both have it. Elias out of nowhere, guitar to the back of Corbin. <laughs> so Elias comes in, hits Corbin in the back with a guitar. He starts falling off the ladder, but him he must have like yanked the briefcase a little bit because AJ mm-hmm. loses control of the briefcase. Otis st- stands up just before this happens. The briefcase falls into Otis's waiting arms. Otis is Mr. Money in the Bank. In the world celebrates. 
he screams, hey, Mandy, I did it, or something, just like Rocky. <laughs> oh, yo, Mandy, I did it. <laughs> I'll tell you what, Otis, Otis has been nothing but thriving as, through this whole pandemic. He's got himself a woman. He's got himself a money in the bank briefcase. The man is thriving while the world is not. Yeah, and... Um, yeah, Otis wins in, and I, I was stunned. Absolutely. I, I couldn't believe what I just saw. <laughs> I mean, I was happy. Don't get me wrong. Oh, I was couldn't incredibly happy. happy. Just did not think it There's was so many time. things, because I think, on, I think it was on the bump, but no one watches that, so I don't know. I didn't watch it. <laughs> I think it was on the bump where Otis said if he won, he would use it to cash in on the tag titles. Mm, I don't think that's ever been done before. Yeah, I don't know how much of a good idea that is for Money like in the it. Bank. I don't like it don't either. Like it. But it's something they could do. He could cash in for the Universal title, although I don't know that he's ready to be the Universal champion. I don't think so. Um, another rumor that's been floating around is he gives the briefcase to Mandy for a women's uh, title shot. I which, was thinking that also. Which would be, it would be cool to see. Mm-hmm. Like, I didn't know that you could trade like that, but I guarantee you. That I didn't know you could, but WWE can make up the rules. <laughs> and and it, I mean, I'm pretty sure the rule is any championship. So, yeah. Um, I think as long as they don't use it on the tag titles, I think it's fine. I don't yeah, think they it, should do that. It would feel kind of wasted if that's how they won their title because they're good enough that they could just. It would win just, like, title. I think they would try to spin it and think it would be like elevating the tag titles when really it would just be devaluing the money in the bank yes 100 percent. it would be like 100%. if the rumble the rumble winner was just like i want the intercontinental championship at wrestlemania yeah. <laughs> they'd be like mm, why? like it's just like yeah it's, it'd be a cool thing to win like but why not if you can go after a world title you should go after a world title and you can get someone while they're down and easily snag it and it would be different like i understand that otis is a tag team wrestler and like likes tag team but he's not like as entrenched as like now obviously this wouldn't happen but if like one of the young bucks won money in the bank it's like okay this is a or like if xavier woods won one money in the bank yeah that's true it would be like, okay, or like when they were still in the WWE for like one of the Revival won money in the bank, it'd be like, okay, yeah, yeah that makes sense. They're a tag, like, these are tag team wrestlers. That's all they do. Yeah. Like, they're tag team specialists. That's true. But like, Otis, Otis has been doing a lot of single stuff within the last month here, so and it like, feels a little less tag And it team. feels like a thing of like, he's a tag team wrestler because he really likes Tucker. Not necessarily because he loves tag team wrestling. That's true. Whereas, like, the Young Bucks, Xavier Woods, The Revival, they like tag team wrestling. Oh, yeah. More exactly. than anything. Like, That's their specialty is tag team wrestling. So I think it would be a mistake to have Otis cash in for the tag team title. Especially since, like, I feel like Heavy Machinery could just get a tag team title shot if they wanted it. I, I feel like, yeah, they definitely <laughs> have earned it. At like, least a time or two. Like, they, they could just get it. Um, so we both had Corbin for Money in the Bank. 
Well, in our defense, he was on the ladder multiple times. In our defense, no one, no one in their right mind predicted Otis. <laughs> no, no one whatsoever. Like, don't get me wrong. I am so happy it's not Corbin and it is Otis. Oh, 100%. I, I was... didn't, with my prediction, I didn't want Corbin to win. I just thought no. that he would. <laughs> yes, exactly. That's, that's what I was thinking was they're going to, they want something you're not going to expect, so they're going to make the person you hate to win. Yeah, I thought it would just be like when he won King of the Ring, where it's like, well, no one wants it, but like he probably is the best choice. Oh, yeah. I mean, they sure did make it a surprise still. It just was someone I actually wanted to win, so I'm pretty okay with that. So that was the card. Um, I thought it was really good. Same. Same. With I thought six matches... It was really good. The fact that I could, like, watch this and then go do something afterwards instead of having to go oh. to bed right away was incredible. Like I was I was excited. <laughs> I had to work at 5 the next morning. I was like, it's already done? I was thinking I was barely going to get any sleep. Yeah. It worked out so perfectly. Because the Money in the Bank match was only, like, maybe half an hour? I'd say so. Where yeah. I was predicting like an hour and a half. That's what I was thinking when I was looking <laughs> at the clock. I was like, all right, we got another hour of this. Yeah, Let's exactly. Do it. It was, the, the show was only like three and a half hours with the hour-long pre-show. I was very okay with like, that. Um, yeah, they could have cut the... They could, cut, they could still cut the pre-shows to half an hour. Could still happen. Would still be a good idea. <laughs> You only need to really realistically throw one match on there. Just yeah, and that's all they had. They had they had like a fifteen minute match in like the hour long pre show, and no one cares about like the pre shows, especially now, especially with the in the empty arena like situation. No one cares about the pre shows now. Yeah. <laughs> Not that anyone did before. No, we don't. We don't need to. We don't need to see all the promos and stuff that happened on Raw and SmackDown. And it's like. You're going to show up before the match anyway. Yeah, so. they showed the um, Bray Wyatt like story time promo from SmackDown. That was on Friday. They showed it on the pre-show and then before the Universal Championship match. And it was on Friday. So they showed it three times in three days. <laughs> yeah. Pretty sure um, I knew that one. Pretty sure I yeah. knew that storyline. <laughs> and, and they just showed it like in full, like, didn't cut it down or anything. It was really weird to me, but um, but yeah, I thought it was a really good show. Well, um, so I guess our next one, um, is gonna be the AW Double or Nothing preview next week. Yes, it will. And I, that, I'm excited for that show. <laughs> oh man, well, with AEW just having not as many pay per views, it makes their pay per views such a big deal. Yeah um and then so yeah and we're it's a busy time for wrestling right now somehow because <laughs> there's double or, there's double or nothing next weekend then there's a one weekend off and then nxt in your house and then backlash oh hell yeah <laughs> all the wrestling you could ever watch so it's it's a good time to be a wrestling fan actually surprisingly so on that note we have to wrap this bad boy up uh hunter Tell the people where they can find you. Oh, I, okay. Let me look it up. <laughs> My bad. <laughs> uh, so uh, uh, probably the easiest way to find me is just at Mr. Underscore Welchnut on Twitter. 
All right. There it is. I don't post too much, but. That's all right. Nothing wrong with that. Little action. And how about you? Uh, you can find me on Instagram at walkwithbrando. You can find me on Facebook at BF Video Editing. And you can find our podcast on YouTube on Backstage Heat. And um, we're also on Spotify and Google Podcasts. I know those are two of them. Um, I don't think we've made it onto Apple Pods yet. I'm trying. <laughs> we'll get there, folks. We'll get there. But, uh, yeah, thanks for listening, everybody. Thanks for listening.